Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is Tom Moffat. Uh, Tom, you want to give us a little bit of your background and we'll, we'll get into it? Sure, absolutely. Thank you for having me, first of all, Glenn. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, where do I start? I uh, live in Ontario, outside of Grimsby, Ontario, Niagara region. Uh, firefighter, mortgage broker, and real estate investor. I've uh, been doing all of them for, well, firefighting about four years, uh, real estate investing for about three years, and mortgages for about three years, too. Awesome. This might be a little bit off topic, but are you... I'm, I have one of my neighbors is like a firefighter and he like works like one day a week. Is that why you can do so many different things? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, so like with our schedule, it's they're 24 hour shifts. Yes. So if you actually break it down into a weekly hourly job, it's, it's the same as any other job, 40, 42 hours a week. Um, but before, because they're 24 hour shifts, it accumulates to seven or eight shifts a month. Yeah. That's which days a month. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all batching, which is like, I love batching, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. No, it's no, a great no, job to like scale into, to do other things, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I'm super fortunate in the fact that I do have the days off to, to do what I want to do and um, have those multiple streams of income coming in. So yeah, very, very fortunate. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Like um, you're, you're living outside of Grimsby, um, you know, any real estate you did in Canada, real estate you did in the US, and then we'll... we'll yeah. So <laughs> I guess the very first investment I had was uh, a, a new construction condo in Burlington, bought it back in, I mean, I guess technically as a real estate investor, it goes back to like 2016, but I don't really count it. Because yeah. uh, long story short, bought it, new construction. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the recent one in Burlington of the uh, the condo development that came back to the the buyers and asking for essentially more money because they're raising the purchase price. Same thing oh. happened to me. Uh, they offered pretty much take your deposit back or uh, we're going to increase your purchase price to what market price is today, which was I didn't know that was a thing. Now. I thought that was the perk of buying it pre-construction. Yeah. So you got it locked in at like yesterday's prices. I know. Right. And I held on to that thing for, what was it? Four years. And they had so many delays and issues and essentially they were able to get away with it because they never broke ground for my face. Um, so I got out of there. I'm glad I did because they still haven't broke ground. Um, <laughs> but that was my first investment and that was in Burlington, Ontario. Uh, then I, what did I do? Bought in Hamilton, little condo, moved from there into a townhouse here in, uh, Lincoln, Ontario, bought in Calgary, um, and the States as well in, in Indianapolis, which is probably what we're going to chat about here. Yeah. And, uh, another condo in St. Catharines. So that's awesome. You're like Indianapolis, you're in Calgary. I'm everywhere. <laughs> you're everywhere. And that's, you know, that's the thing you like, uh, even with myself, I'm all over the place and it's, um, I don't know what it is. It's like being brave or just like creating some sort of system to go with this. So, um, maybe let's talk about, uh, setting this stuff up from a distance and how you got that all going. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so which one do you want to talk about first? Like the indie one? Which one came first? I don't know. <laughs> uh, the first one, uh, what was it? Uh, I guess 
I guess uh, Calgary came first. So that one was super easy. Yeah. Yeah. It like, so for me, because I have uh, several things going on, like my investing, I do want it to be fairly simple and lazy. Um, So (laughs) yeah, I mean, that's, that's the dream. Right. But obviously with that, the negative side to buying pre-construction is that obviously you're not going to get your cash out right away. You're not, you're not burning it. Right. So um, the thing I did with Calgary was it was a new construction townhouse, bought it uh, pretty straightforward, built within a year. Uh, it was guaranteed rent and uh, property management for three years, which was something I liked about it. Yeah. Um, just closed September 1st and yeah, had, renters are in there already and getting guaranteed rent and property management. So yeah, that, that one's actually kind of cool. You're not going to need any sorry, excuse me, a uh, renovation. You're not going to need like to find a property manager. That's kind of, they put stuff together for you in a lot of ways. Yeah, exactly. It's like the most hands-off uh, investment that I could have done. And obviously, like I mentioned, the downside to that is that my money's tied up, but if I can focus more of my time on uh, building out my mortgage business, then that's why I went that route. Yeah. Okay. And then, so uh, how do you transition to doing this in the States? Any differences? Um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of differences. <laughs> so I guess I, I, first of all, I, I wouldn't have, and this isn't a plug to you. Well, I guess it is, but <laughs> I wouldn't have jumped into it if I didn't do, uh, first of all, your program. Uh, second of all, I discovered your program through your podcast, which really helped me out. Um, I wouldn't have thought I would ever go to the States for an investment, but, um, definitely helped me get there. And um, yeah, it's different in a lot of ways in the sense that obviously you're in a foreign country. So things like mortgages change, your LTV, your down payment needed, you're going to have the higher down payment that you're going to need for it. Um, And you're like, well, I haven't seen the property. I probably never will, which I'm okay with. So you got to kind of get over that aspect. Yeah. And uh, just the little things like obtaining a credit card and, finding the right team to set up in place. There's, there's a lot more to it and definitely headaches come along the way, but uh, in my opinion, it's, it's definitely worth it. Cool. So let's, uh, let's talk about your, uh, talk about the indie property, right? Um, I believe you did a refi now. Maybe we talk about how you, how everything went through that. Yeah. So uh, I bought it from yours truly, Glenn Sutherland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bought it privately from you and, uh, yeah, basically bought it in cash to close it right away. And then the, the idea was I was going to do a full burr right away to, to get the capital out and obviously recycle. Um, but I decided to do it in two stages just because life got a little crazy. And I figured first thing I do is just do a, a light little cosmetic reno, um, basically just to freshen it up. Like we did paint, carpet, uh, there's like vines on the outside. If you can remember, we cleaned all that stuff up. So it was very minor. If you want to call it a renovation, um, refinanced it, which was a very long process just because Did you get it timing. done before the rates went up. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, unfortunately. So the refi process, well, first of all, you have to wait the six months for the, um, to do the refi. Right. Um, so we had to wait the, the six months and then after that, uh, we refinanced it and it was a long process to basically close in two weeks ago from oh. when we bought it in November. So, so it almost a full a year. Lot since then. <laughs> yeah. 
the plan is to basically, I mean, we have tenants in there right now uh, since March and they're paying every month, which is great. And the, the idea is to, to actually get that money back out the second time. So if, you know, once they leave or if we have tenant turnover, uh, I'm going to do a full burr and actually do like a more of a renovation and then, and grab that money back out. Also do the heavier renovation. And then, yeah, exactly. Cool. And then you're just doing a traditional rental. You didn't go with the, the lease options or anything like that. Just traditional. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes it's hard to one. get convinced the property manager to even, uh, to understand what the heck you're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I kind of know because I'm kind of a little bit closer to this project than I normally am when I'm interviewing somebody, but, um, how did that go? How, you know, you're, you're working with a new team on uh, any snags, anything, any, any problems you happen to go with? Yeah. So overall it like, we didn't have like major problems, but there was definitely everything that you think could go wrong kind of did <laughs> like our, <laughs> our, our property manager, uh, not obviously not gonna name names. He he went out of the business. I don't you you might know what I'm talking about, but yeah, he exited yeah. the business after I think he had like personal stuff going on. But anyways, it worked out. Like everything was fine. We we ended up transitioning to new property managers and they've been great so far. Um, what else? And uh yeah, the the whole refi process was a headache just because of the lender we went with. We really wanted the 70% LTV. Yeah. Um and because of that, this one lender, they were just a bit uh, hesitant on releasing funds for the past like four or five months, just because of how the market's been. So we were patient with it and we stuck with them. Otherwise, we would have been getting 65%. Uh, so we're glad we did. It just took longer. Which time is a little bit... Uh, <laughs> a time when the industries keep jumping every couple of months. I know. A... Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. the thing. So you got all that done. Does, does it still cash flow after the refi and everything else? When I started investing in the U.S., I did it by myself and had to go through the growing pains of doing that. GlennSutherland.com slash coaching. A 12-week coaching program done one hour per week over Zoom from the comfort of your own home. Classes are kept to five people to be able to answer everyone's questions. Shortcut the process. Make fewer mistakes. Curriculum available at glensutherland.com slash coaching. Yep. Yep. So cash flow is about 300 a month. Okay. What kind of systems do you set up? What did you have like checks in place to check on people? Like what kind of things have you set up to make sure that this runs or systems, or even if you have any systems? Um, I do. And I don't like, I, I have a little checklist I use, um, when attaining obtaining properties, like what I need to, who I need to set up, like a list of property managers, realtors, uh, wholesalers, all that good stuff. Um, in terms of a process, really, I just follow that checklist. And, uh, I mean, I probably should have something more, uh, streamlined, like something on Trello or something, but, uh, that's pretty much it. I just follow the checklist and, and away we go. That's all you need, right? Like even, yeah. well, you took the course. So it's like a lot of times I have my my list that I have that Excel sheet that I just can work my way through. Now I have it all in my head. Um, but even still, a lot of times I'll send it to someone I'm new working with or the, anyone in the class and we'll just start, you know, you start at the top and you start checking all the boxes off and you get to the bottom and you've got the property. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I try not to overcomplicate things. Like if, if it's just a simple checklist for me, then, and it works and away we go. So you just did this mortgage and you are a mortgage broker in Canada. So 
what are you seeing uh, for the the you know the mortgage situation? What's what's going on? What do you? I don't know what if you have any uh, predictions or um, or just how is it going in both countries? Yeah, so I'm not like too injected into the states in terms of their market. Like I I know the the bare basics and yep. typically what happens there Canada follows. So really, what I'm predicting, and uh, I'm sure we're all going to be wrong in a year's time from now but uh you know over 70 percent of economists in the states uh and a lot of other people believe that from q1 to q2 of next year we'll start to see the rates flatline and start dropping um there's many different indicators that um have them steering in that direction but uh then you have the bank of canada here basically saying hey guys just a heads up like we're we're going to experience some pain for a lot longer than we thought um, so they might keep rates higher here. So we'll see if we follow the states directly or if we uh, keep rates a little uh, higher, a little longer. Um, but yeah, if I had to guess, I guess at some point next year, we'll start to see the, the rates flatline and, and start to drop. Yeah, that's why I was I was reading about this. Exact, we probably read. Well, you know, there's everyone saying the same thing. They, one person yeah. comes up with the ideas. Everyone repeats. I know, it. right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was reading the same thing because a lot of the the Fed they base it on last year's inflation into uh, now, and they just it's just a comparison from last year. Yeah, exactly. I mean, inflation and rates they follow the same line. So once we start seeing inflation come down, if they're smart enough to do it, they'll start dropping rates right away at a certain like earlier on than when they hit their target because usually it's an after effect if their uh inflation starts to drop and they really want to hit their target of three or four percent and we're at six percent it might be better to start lowering rates at that point because usually there's an after effect a trickling effect of rates or sorry inflation still plummeting and you don't want it to go too far so yeah we'll see if they're smart enough to do that <laughs> i anticipated it at least level off is but i i if it if it does start to drop, I think it will change everyone's perspective because a lot of, you know, real estate is just mental and it, there's a lot of fear. Yeah. <laughs> and just if they saw that would give enough hope <laughs> to, uh, to, to drop a lot of the fear. Right. Yeah. And one thing I would say to that too, is a lot of people are expecting like a huge drop off and, and sure we'll probably start to see prices continue to drop here in Canada. Um, but I fully expect the market to heat right back up when rates do drop because there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines right now. Immigration numbers are at an all time high with Canada too. So more people moving into the country. We have the supply issue. People sitting on the sidelines right now. Once rates drop, it's going to be, in my opinion, it's going to be a shit show again. Yep. No, I totally agree. I was writing some articles on CBC as well. This, these immigrants have nowhere to live. Anyway, kind of off topic with the mortgage thing, but so what is um we had some questions we were kind of talking about before we went on the air about your fire journey how how does that play out what's your what's your goals yeah no i i think uh, a lot of people listening and real estate investors in general a lot of them have that same goal that's why real estate investing is awesome because you can achieve you can attain that goal uh, a lot faster using real estate investing versus you know other traditional methods early on and for me, it's it's more so a play of having those multiple streams of income coming in. And the the fire goal, it's more so the FI of the fire that I, I'm really concentrated on. It's not so much retiring early. Cause I I I mean, a lot of people like the idea of retiring early, but I think keeping busy for me at least, um, I'm always gonna be keeping busy with stuff, but 
having the fi financial independence and having the ability to retire from any job I wanted to is what I really want for my family and having uh, the passive income to replace my income is, is really what I'm concentrating on. Yeah. So um, if you're going to try and set up multiple streams of income, are these all going to be real estate related or would you go different altogether? Like, what are you looking at? Um, right now it's real estate. Like I, I forget who said it, but I'm going to butcher this. It's a uh, quote from someone, but the first 5 million you make is uh, a lot faster using real estate. And then after that, it's a lot easier and quicker to use traditional methods like stocks and, and that I butchered that, but that's kind of my, my angle there is using real estate. Cause I can leverage the bank's money, right? Like that's the key for me is using that least amount of capital, use the bank's money and, and uh, it grows over time, 10, 10, 15 years from now, uh, it's going to make a huge difference. And from there, if I want, I can make it more passive and either sell off properties or uh, refi the properties, take that money and put it into something more passive. No, it makes a lot of sense. And, and still, and you're, you're doing that Burr method, that's what it sounds like, then you can, you know, you'll have, you can, if, you know, if you're buying in cash, you can redeploy your own cash, or you could raise money to other people, you can leverage other people too, right? So to, to build this, but you can redeploy the money, uh, the same money to make more money off of, right? With, with, that's the whole idea with it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I've, I've kind of thought about going into that route of, um, you know, having JVs and having cash partners, but um, that requires time to have that process set up as well. And I sometimes have the shiny object syndrome where I'm always looking in different avenues. And sometimes I just really need to nail down and focus on the areas that make most sense to me. And for that, it's firefighting, uh, is, you know, my everyday, uh, income, you know, like my expenses, everything, uh, my mortgage business is really the money that comes in. I, I use to invest in real estate. And if I can do the real estate passively and focus on the mortgage business to bring in more money, um, then that's really ideal for me. And the real estate investing isn't so much of a cash flow play for me right now. It's more so um, as long as it cash flow is neutral or slightly positive, it's more of an equity play for me long term. Long term, gotcha. Yeah. And you just mentioned like if you make it passive, how passive is your portfolio right now? uh very passive like okay. i don't yeah yeah oh i mean the u.s property uh obviously is an outlier like i was a lot more hands-on with that yep. but everything else i have is yeah but now passive. that you've got it all stabilized are like what what does it involve every month like how much work are you putting into it oh like uh maybe an hour or two a month at, at most okay and that's yeah. just like to check over their stuff or you know what, what do you yeah, just, just, just to check in with the property managers, see if there's been any, like uh, a lot of them, they use the Buildium platform. So yeah. like, I'll check on there to see if there's been anything that's been deducted uh, from the rent roll. And uh, if there is, then I'll follow up with them, see what that was. Because I try to tell them like, hey, if it's something minor, just, just fix it, just do it and take it off the rent. And um, yeah, and if, if it's a bigger bill, then I'll just kind of inquire as to what that is. And um, right now I'm, I'm not actively searching for properties. So if I was, then obviously I'd be spending more time looking, analyzing properties, but, uh, as of right now, I'm not, so it's not too much time. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, before I let you go, uh, Tom, how, uh, would someone reach out to you? Um, find out about your Canadian mortgages. Want to have a chat with you about your American stuff. How do they, how would they find you? 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm always down for a conversation. Uh, you can reach me at experts at moffitmortgages.ca. Uh, that's experts with Ness and Moffitt, M-O-F-F-A-T. And uh, Instagram, I'm pretty active on there. You can follow me. Uh, it's just tom.moffitt underscore. I don't know if you'll have that in your show notes or not. That one's a little... Sometimes I do and sometimes I get lazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, email or Instagram. Pretty easy. Awesome. And, and like for people listening to this, like Tom is fully educated and can do these JVs. So you could reach out to him um, for some future deals, right? There's, there's yeah, always absolutely. opportunity. He, he knows what he's doing. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. Appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming, Tom. <laughs>